Thank you for joining ReachMD XM157 for this month's special series, Spotlight on Neurology and Psychiatry. The American Society of Plastic Surgeons reports that cosmetic surgery procedures increased 228% from 1997 through 2002. Popular opinion suggests that attitudes towards cosmetic surgery are more favorable than in previous decades. But does the research support this? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, Director of Foothills Psychiatry in Boise, your host, and with me today is Dr. Sherry Delinsky. Dr. Delinsky is a clinical psychologist at Massachusetts General Hospital and McLean Hospital and an instructor at Harvard Medical School. Her primary clinical interest is in cognitive behavioral therapy for anorexia and bulimia nervosa, and her research focuses on treatment outcome and predictors of change, as well as the prevention of disordered eating. Her research has examined residential treatment, ambivalence about recovery, the effectiveness of mere exposure treatment for body image disturbance, the freshman 15, and development of disordered eating among college women, attitudes towards cosmetic surgery, and disordered eating and weight loss in self-help groups. Welcome to ReachMD, Dr. Delinsky. Thanks for having me. Why do you suppose that cosmetic surgery is more commonly accepted today? When I began to think about that question, I developed a few hypotheses. And the first one is that just the more people that you know who get cosmetic surgery, the more likely you are to kind of think it's normal, especially if you have positive associations with those people you're going to be more favorable towards it. The second hypothesis is that there's so much media exposure around cosmetic surgery, mostly pretty positive exposure that people are getting. So even if you don't know anyone personally, you are seeing television shows, advertisements, magazine stories that just normalize it overall. And then the third hypothesis that I had is that personality factors such as body image and how important appearance is to self-esteem or self-worth might influence attitudes towards cosmetic surgery. Let me make sure I understand that. Are you looking at the fact that maybe people that do have cosmetic surgery place a higher value on their appearance than other people? That would be plausible. But what's interesting is when I actually look at the literature, the literature on it is very small Mm. and doesn't seem to support that. So it might be because we just don't have enough data, or it might be that people who get cosmetic surgery don't place a higher value on their appearance. So it's a little bit premature to conclude that, although it seems like it should be the case. Now, does ethnicity play a role? Well, what's interesting is that the data on patients who are pursuing cosmetic surgery suggests that increasingly different ethnic groups are getting more surgery than ever before. It used to be that mostly Caucasian people were getting the highest amounts of surgery, and now that seems to be changing. And when you look at the types of surgeries that they're getting, ethnicity does seem to play a role. So different ethnic groups are pursuing different kinds of surgery. And how about gender? Again, mostly women who are getting surgery, but men are catching up quickly. So men's body image seems to be getting worse, and men (laughs) are pursuing cosmetic surgery at much higher rates than ever before. Tell us about your study. So what I did was I surveyed young women's attitudes towards surgery. I wanted to find out whether they had had any cosmetic surgery themselves, if they knew people who had had cosmetic surgery, how much they had been exposed to media messages about cosmetic surgery, and basically what they thought of surgery. Did they approve of it? Did they think they might have surgery in the future? And what did they think about plastic surgery patients? Because 
in the literature, there were a lot of stereotypes. And so I wanted to see whether those stereotypes were still in existence. And what did you find? So we found basically that in the sample, which was very young women, only 3% had undergone surgery themselves, which is pretty consistent with how young the group was. But half of the sample knew someone who had had cosmetic surgery. The vast majority had either seen advertisements or read magazine articles or saw television shows about cosmetic surgery. So exposure to people who've had cosmetic surgery or media about cosmetic surgery was very high. And one thing that's kind of interesting about that is I actually collected this data back in 2002, and this was before a lot of television shows had come on the scene like The Swan and Extreme Makeover. I think if I were to repeat this study now, the rates would be 100%. And then did you look at anything else besides those three things? Yeah. So we looked to see how people perceived cosmetic surgery. There was a slight disapproval of cosmetic surgery and some pretty negative stereotypes still existed. So, for example, 84% of our sample thought that cosmetic surgery patients were materialistic and 76% thought they were self-conscious, 63% thought they were perfectionistic. So still some negative stereotypes about patients pursuing cosmetic surgery. In terms of what predicted attitudes towards cosmetic surgery, pretty consistent with our hypotheses, we found that the more likely you were to internalize sociocultural attitudes about appearance, the more likely you were to be thinking you'd be getting cosmetic surgery yourself in the future. Additionally, the more you were exposed to media, the more you knew other people who had had cosmetic surgery, and the greater importance you placed on appearance, also the higher likelihood of getting cosmetic surgery in the future. Now, one thing that's kind of interesting also that I studied was how important virtue is to self-worth. And there was a negative relationship between the importance of virtue and attitudes towards cosmetic surgery. So the higher you rated virtue as being important to your self-worth, the more negative you were towards cosmetic surgery and the, the less likely you were to pursue cosmetic surgery in the future. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Dr. Sherry Delinsky. We are discussing attitudes towards cosmetic surgery. It sounds like you studied a group of young women. Would it matter if you studied older women? I would imagine so, because when we look at the demographics of those who are pursuing cosmetic surgery, age is definitely a factor. So, Typical patients are on the older side, and I would imagine that that group would be much more positive about cosmetic surgery because they're very much considering it for themselves. Right. When you're young, you don't need it yet. Right. So. And you don't, you don't really think about it or you don't think you'll ever go that route. And then I think as you get older, your thoughts and feelings about your appearance can change and you might feel like, well, you know, I'm in a position to do this in my life. I have the money now. I have the resources to pursue it, and if it's going to make me happy, then I'm going to do it. Now, it's interesting to me that it seems like the cosmetic surgeons aren't the ones doing this research. Well, that's actually been a problem that I've encountered because I've been most interested in studying the patients themselves because there's a stereotype out there that people who are getting cosmetic surgery have really low self-esteem or are a little bit psychologically unstable. And we don't know. We just don't know because we don't really have access to these patients. And so, unfortunately, I've had tried to study cosmetic surgery patients 
a number of times and haven't been able to because of a lack of access. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, when I first started practice in psychiatry, yikes, 20 years ago, very naively, I soon realized, thought that one of my biggest referral sources would be surgeons, cosmetic surgeons wanting to clear their patients psychiatrically before surgery. Mm -hmm. And I have never had a single, (laughs) not even one referral like that, not one body dysmorphic disorder. Which is really shocking given the high rates of cosmetic surgery among patients with body dysmorphic disorder, but there's something that's not happening in the screening process. And not just body dysmorphic disorder, but eating disorders. I've worked with a number of patients with eating disorders who have gone and gotten liposuction and their surgeons haven't really been too concerned, although we just don't know the impact that surgery is going to have on someone's eating disorder. And until we're able to do that kind of research, it's very hard to make treatment recommendations. Now, what's your next project? Right now, I'm studying the effectiveness of residential treatment for anorexia and bulimia nervosa. At McLean Hospital, we have a residential treatment for adolescent women, 13 to 23, and I'm looking at the effectiveness of the treatment and also predictors of treatment outcome so that we can be able to modify the treatment to make it more effective for these very serious eating disorders. Any work in the future on cosmetic surgery? Again, I would love to. If there are any surgeons out there who want to collaborate, (laughs) (laughs) I'd be very excited to do so because I think that would be really, really interesting is to see what are the base rates of body dysmorphic disorder and eating disorders in patients who are pursuing cosmetic surgery and also what impact does it have on their body image. We suspect that it might not be very good for their body image, but I don't know. I'm open to all possibilities. So that would be a project I would love to embark on. Maybe we should define body dysmorphic disorders for the surgeons. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, we're talking about real disturbance in how you perceive usually a particular feature, and being very, very preoccupied with the perceived ugliness of that feature. Typically, it's hair or skin or facial features and really feeling like people are taking special notice of you and are very much disgusted by you and spending a lot of time feeling terrible about this and avoiding life and avoiding people. And I mean, it's a pretty extreme preoccupation with imagined ugliness. Is it not true that the rates of suicide in these body dysmorphic disorder patients are pretty high? It is true. They're very high because it's such a distressing condition to have because you feel like there's nothing to do except to try to actually change your physical appearance. But what we do know, there there are effective treatments for body dysmorphic disorder, effective psychological treatments as well as medications. And so it's a very treatable condition. But unfortunately, A lot of people who have that disorder feel like their only option is to actually change their appearance through cosmetic surgery. So what might a surgeon look for if he suspects body dysmorphic disorder in one of their pre-op patients? Definitely should look for how much impairment is caused by the concern over appearance. So is it so distressing that the person is not engaging in normal social activities, taking different kinds of jobs? is so distressed that they're probably clinically depressed or potentially suicidal. So associated distress and impairment are a good indication that this is not your average, you know, dissatisfaction with a feature or body part. 
What about having multiple surgeries on the same body part? Is that a red flag? Absolutely. And I would hope that surgeons would be interested in what the patient expectations for the surgery are. If a patient's expectations seem really out of line, they feel sort of like, well, this is going to change their life, this is going to solve all their problems, it's likely that they're going to be pretty disappointed and as a result of that, feel very hopeless. Well, thank you for being on our show today. Thanks for having me. It was fun talking to you. We've been discussing attitudinal change towards cosmetic surgery and also body dysmorphic disorder with our guest today, Dr. Sherry Delinsky. I'm Dr. Leslie Lent. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your questions and comments. And also, if you're a cosmetic surgeon that wants to collaborate with Dr. Delinsky, please visit us at ReachMD.com and let us know. Our new on-demand and podcast features will allow you to access our entire program library. Thank you for listening. Listen all month as ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals, features a special series, Spotlight on Neurology and Psychiatry. 